That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. Good evening, y'all, or good day, good morning, whatever y'all are up to. Um, so today I get to have the opportunity, or I had the opportunity, to talk to a good friend of mine. Um, her name is Megna Perkayashta, and she, I hope I got that right. If I didn't, Megna, I'm so sorry. Um, but she is a sales um software sales person i believe for a company called salesforce based out of i believe they have a big office in san francisco um she's a good friend of mine an old friend from actually elementary school um she is a fascinating human being and she is a definitely a powerful woman when it comes to uh, a female in the corporate world so she's gonna do big things i have no doubt about it Please give it up for my friend, Magna Perkayashta. This is, can you hear me? Yeah. This is what I want the podcast to be. Just like catch up time? <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know, like if we catch up, we catch up. True. If we, if we talk about like what your business is about, what you do in work, we talk about that. If we want to talk about what's going on with this virus, we talk about that, you know? It doesn't matter. There's no agenda. There's just conversation and and an exchange of thoughts and ideas. True. Yeah, that's how but some of your other podcasts like have some type of themes. Yeah, but that's that's because those are structured toward that. So like I don't know, if you're you're uh, an old friend, so I I would rather just converse and see where the conversation goes you know what i mean yeah sometimes when it's too structured it's hard because then i have to worry about what i have to say next you know yeah that makes sense i didn't realize the time difference for you i forgot i thought it was one hour for some reason not two hours ah uh, yeah my bad no no worries you're good it's not like i had anything better to do <laughs> So what have you been up to? Have you been working from home? Yes. So this is boom, bah, bah, day, I think, 20 for me, uh, which has been difficult. I think I've been, yeah, ever since March 9th. So it's been oh. almost like a full month. Um, harder than I thought. I, or I think... Initially, I didn't really notice it for the first three weeks, and then last week is when it started to hit me. Um, and I think, you know, I'm kind of an extroverted person in general. I would say I, I describe myself as somebody who gets energy from other people, and oh. it's that tough uh, for me, I, I, and especially my job in sales, you know. It's like yeah. on-site on meetings, you know, constant talking back-to-back calls and a lot of it for me has to do with energy uh and that's so hard to read you know over skype or over google uh, Hangouts and zoom so it's something that i definitely had to adjust to, to. uh uh-huh. and 
And I've all my, I also started a new role in February, March. So doing that, you know, on remote is, was a little bit of a struggle. You know, obviously it's something I welcomed as a challenge, but I think uh, was some definitely a learning curve, you know, and I think we all have to be a little patient with ourselves. This is going to be new and we're going to have these roadblocks and challenges, but I think the test of, of how we come out of it is, you know, how we, how we deal with the situation and kind of what happens post Corona. So just trying to, yeah, just trying to be reflective and, and patient. I think I can often be really impatient with myself. Uh, what is and, the, the company you work for Salesforce? Yeah. So Salesforce is a, a tech company and I, I didn't really know what the heck it was until I moved to San Francisco about three years ago. Uh, and what it does, it's called it, it, the primary software that, uh, that it develops is called a client relationship management software or CRM more commonly known as. Um, and so what it does is really any, any store you can think of any agency organization, they need some kind of system of record, right? Who's buying goods? How are we tracking that? How are we tracking our accounts, our sales, our revenue? So most companies, you know, like Amazon today, they need that system, right? Uh, and so that's kind of what Salesforce sells. And then I particularly sell a productivity software called Quip, which, uh, which is a company that they acquired about three, four years ago. And so imagine like Google Docs on steroids. Uh, that's kind of what Quip is. Interesting. And so did you have to, uh, so I understand that you sell this. Did you have to like learn the ins and the outs of the software? Do you know how to use the software like extensively? Yeah, that's a good question. Definitely. Uh, I was a big part of, of onboarding, but I didn't have to know it before I joined. Uh, so it was really cool to be able to be a part of a company that welcomed you know, those that are curious or those that are trying to learn new, new skills, you know, and they, they want to train you. Uh, I don't, you know, I think most jobs you interview for, you already have to have the skill. You have to like sell yourself on your resume and your paper, you know, on paper. Um, So it was cool that I felt like really welcomed. Uh, Yeah. And I think it's cool because you, you're very much self-learning right now, you know, mm -hmm. with your trading and day trading. I think that's really unique. And I think that's kind of where jobs are shifting towards folks that can do that. You know, they mm-hmm. are want to be independent. Um, and so that's something that's really, I really admire, Julian. I don't know if I could be what you're doing. Somebody who, you know, don't doesn't necessarily have direction and you are figuring things out yourself. I think yeah. that I want to get a place I want to get to. And that's like one of the roadblocks and challenges I'm dealing with today where I don't really have a manager. So I have to learn how to do a lot of this stuff on my own lately. Yeah. Um, and so it's been cool, like, you know, not having to rely on somebody, but I can understand why I need that. Like, I'm somebody that needs structure and, you know, a yeah. little bit of handholding uh, in the get-go, but then I think I, I'll be fine, you know, afterwards. Yeah, that's something interesting and something that I, I deal with and battle with all the time is um, discipline. I think when you do your own thing, you're, you have to be your own manager. You have to be the one to tell you to do this by this time. And it's really hard to do if you have to tell yourself that, you know, to be told by somebody else, you don't want to let anybody else down. But if you don't do it, the only person you're letting down is yourself, right? And so 
but then you're but people people don't like to or aren't willing to break themselves down and criticize themselves so if if they let themselves down they don't have to give themselves this speech this hey this is why you need to do this but if somebody else is mm -hmm. let down then they're disappointed you know so yeah discipline is definitely discipline is definitely one of the hardest things if you can master there's a, a quote by a guy named Jocko Willink, who's a Navy SEAL. I think it's by Jocko. And he says that um, discipline equals freedom. So if you can learn to be disciplined and learn to be your own boss and, and, and get stuff done, um, you will be free to do whatever you want in this world. Mm. Like that, that's what it comes down to. When it comes down to like starting businesses or just like, like for example, in your case, doing sales, um, if you can develop a structure, a strategy, and you just have the discipline to run that strategy, it's just about scaling. You're going to make all the money that you need to make. Yeah, and I think it's interesting you say that because I thought I had discipline in high school. You know, we you talked about us being old friends, and that's kind of what ties us together, right? Like high oh. school. And I think a lot about how I was in high school and I had discipline in a very different way. You know, I, I think it, while it was structured and definitely I think more structured than I, than we have now, right? You know, we're living our lives, we're adults, we're kind of making our own money our own way. Whereas while I was disciplined by my parents and our teachers, I think we still had a fair bit of independence to figure out like what the heck we want to do you know, like college, it was all something that we had to figure out on our own. Like you can have teachers tell you, all right, Julian, like, let's get in your paper, like, you know, get in, get it in by the end of the week. But at the end of the day, like, you might not have done that, or I might not yeah. have got put in that paper. Like, I think it's interesting that while we are still confined to our societal, you know, norm, norms of, of, structure we can be so in, in not not disciplined you know there's so many ways to get out of that um and that definitely happened between me and my sister like it was so clear like night and day like I was by far the less disciplined one and my sister was there racking up you know her A's her, her straight A's and you know I, I envied the discipline that she had like I'd come home like, you wouldn't even believe this. Like, I came, I would come home and watch TV till, like, uh, 2 a.m. And then I'd start my homework. Yeah. And then I'd, like, sleep at 5, wake up for my 6.42 a.m. zero period, uh -huh. you know, and then start the day over again. And, like, just be bags under my eyes, like, not wanting to be there, regretting, like, why did I watch TV, get the bad uh -huh. grades. You know, like, it, it, even though we have these, like, structures set in place for us, you know, my dad was driving me to school. We didn't have our license until much later in high school. So, I you know, I was, even though I was, like, still confined to these principles, I was so not disciplined. So, I think yeah. it's, like, it's so interesting that, like, yeah, you can, it's really up to you. Like, regardless of what kind of norm, norms we have set in place, like, I had to figure it out, you know, and I was struggling the last six months of my senior year because I hated 
the lack of discipline that I had and like I discovered TV man you know those like uh, <laughs> what was it called like video weed or mega video mega video yeah. and like all of these like streaming sites like my sister did not know anything about them but I like was diving into the world like the black box of like illegal TV you know <laughs> like it was bad <laughs> So what do you find yourself doing now? Because like, okay, for me, to be honest with you, like with the whole quarantine getting started and everything going down, I have found myself having a lack of discipline and I've found myself being way lazier. Oh. Um, Even though you're, you are you usually have a work from home setup though, no? How, how come? Oh no, I, I still do that every morning. But I still do. So I still wake up every morning at like, um, I wake up around 7.50. Okay. 7.45, 7.50. Um, and then I, like, I get my day started. But as far as like, see, the thing was is I think when, before this all started, I was coaching. So like I would right. always have structure. Like I would have a part of my day that was structured. And so that would keep me on track. And now that there's no part of my day that's structured at all, it makes it way harder to stay on track, you know? Yeah. Have you noticed yourself, like, being on social media more, like, wasting time more? Have you noticed anything? How's, how's it been, other than it being difficult? Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good question. Um, oddly, no. Like, I think for me, I, I'm not really a social media person in general, so if I were to be like scrolling on something, it would be like the news or, um, mm. yeah, I mean, maybe it's, it is like Instagram and Snapchat here or there, but it's, it's like, I, I look, you know how you get those like weekly reports on your phone. I, yes. I, I look at it and it's like 18% down from last week. Yes. And, you know, and I'm like, whoa, like, how did that happen? And then I, and I look at my calendar and I'm like, oh, it's because. I'm just filling my day with more work, uh. you know? And so I'm like, oh, I'm becoming overworked. And so I notice I'm like tired. I'm even more tired the next day. I'm less uh -huh. motivated to work, but I, I think because I'm, and you visited me in San Francisco, I would walk to work. So, you know, 30 minutes uh -huh. I'd walk, 30 minutes I'd walk back home. And so I have like, it's almost like I have an extra hour. I feel like that I'm like, feeling guilty that I'm not working in that extra hour you yeah. know so it oddly had this like opposite effect on me where I feel like I'm working more um and I'm actually working out more like I just came back from a run and I you know it's because I'm like sitting in my desk all day not going outside and I, I'm such a walker in the city you know I'm constantly walking I would walk to hang out meet up with you when you were visiting you know or yeah. my uh -huh. like constant walking and now that I'm not doing that like I need to go outside and I'm trying to be like, okay, I'm going to do that with running. So it's like had a very different effect on me. So I'm curious, like why for you, who somebody, you know, you work out, you are very fit. You're very active. Like, are you, you're not working um, out more. You're not working out no, more. Not, no, yeah. you know what the, you know what the biggest problem was? And I know this is on me, but after that ruck that I did, the 50 mm -hmm. mile, my feet were so messed up, so I like I could I could barely walk for like a week, or like a week and a half. You just so, did this, right? Say that again. 
Describe this ruck. I know I you kind of described it when we were in San Francisco, but like this is something you you kind of just completed in the last few months ago. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. So, um, so like a month ago, I did this ruck uh, with um, another coach, the gym owner from from the gym I go to. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a 50 mile, what's called a ruck, where you basically walk th- uh, with a backpack on. That's right. That's yeah. So the backpack has 20 pounds in it. So we did a 50 mile through San Antonio. Uh, we like started in downtown, then we went to the outskirts, and we started at 9 p.m. and then we ended the next day uh, at 11 a.m. 11:14. So we we walked for 14 hours straight. 14 hours and 17 minutes. Oh my god. And you had like and a so, time goal, right? Like some kind of time goal you were trying to hit. Um, no. Well, okay. The time cap was twenty, or I think it was twenty hours. No, twenty. Yeah, I think it was twenty hours. Was the time cap? Um, but we just decided, like, if we feel good, it hurts to stop and let your body like rest because getting started again is really painful. And so we're like, as long as we feel good, we don't have to stop and eat any big meals. Let's just eat while we walk. Um, so we were like eating cliff, like cliff bars, snacks and stuff. Um, and so we, I, I didn't, we like thought about it and thought back. I don't think either of us sat down for 14 straight hours. Like if, if we sat down, it was for like no more than 30 seconds. But it was, it was like, it was really, um, it was fun. Like walking through the city at night like that was actually really interesting. It's a different perspective. What perspective was that? Just like a deserted, quiet, like nothing's going on. Um, like a, a dead city, you know? I mean, an asleep city. Like we were walking through where like the medical center was and there's just like no cars anywhere. We're like the only cars. I mean, not the only cars. We're the only people, like, it was kind of cool. And then we were, like, walking through neighborhoods where um, we were walking through, like, these, like, nice neighborhoods, but then also, like, not-so-nice areas. So we got to see, like, literally every part of the city within our walking. And and walking is different than driving. If you – if there's somewhere that you usually drive to in like Placentia, if you want to go get coffee, for example, or I mean, maybe not now, but if you want to walk to go get your groceries, what's, let's see, where do you live? You live near Tuffery? Yeah, like right by Tri-City Park. So it would be like so, Albertsons right here. So how far is that, you think? Maybe three miles? Like a mile, like less than a mile even. Have you ever walked there? Yeah, and it definitely changed my perspective. I was like, oh, my God, you know, things are so different. Even just from the vantage point of a car, you're you're elevated, right? Like, you're sitting yeah. on a seat. And, like, just the, the perspective, oh, you can look at the park. You can look at the trees. And then when you're walking, it's like you're completely at a different level. And so when I've, I've been running a lot now, and uh, we, my sister, we just came back from a run, where um, right near that Carl's Jr. Rose Drive, there's a school nearby. Yeah. Um, it was really weird. I actually had never run that route. And I, yeah, very different. So I can only imagine what you felt, especially at night and for like 14 hours. 
Yeah, but yeah, my, my feet were really messed up. I, I was going back to my main point. My feet were really messed up, and then, um, and then this whole thing happened. So I wasn't working out. Wait, so so what run did you go on? Hold on, let me let Zeke out real quick. Yeah. Hold on, okay. Zeke. He's so cute. So you, so you went on a wait. What run, Carl's Junior? The one on Rose Drive? Yeah. So we like went down Valencia. It was like it was like a four mile run. Um, so not too much, but it was. Uh, yeah, you kind of just head out Valencia, uh, or Bass Century Valencia, just go past El Dorado. Oh, and okay. Yeah, group, yeah, yeah. Right? So it was, it's really nice area and it was raining today. So it was kind of, no one was mm. out and it was like a sunset happening. So it was really beautiful. Um, Damn, I need to start going on jogs. And you can go slow. I think that's the biggest barrier to entry for, for running. I think mm. it's the cheapest sport. You don't need anything. You don't need to go to a gym. You don't need anything. You just need tennis shoes. Uh, mm. But people get scared because... They're not going as fast and like, oh, I can only run a mile. Like, fine, run a mile. Go really slow. Run a 15-minute yeah. mile. But at least you're running, you know, and you're, yeah. you're doing a little bit more than 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 a walk. Um, I think that's just that's how you start. You just keep going and, and cap yourself. You know, you don't have to go for, for like miles and miles. I think that was like the best advice our cross-country and track coach gave us in high school. You know, it's as long as you're going outside and – you're running for more than 10 minutes you worked out for today yep so so um i have okay so after the ruck i have like really really bad i feel like collapsed arches like my arches are just gone i feel like so you can be you can't even now it's been a month and you haven't really recovered mm. They feel okay, but I did um, a ruck. Uh, so I, I did like a, a five mile with some people from the gym um, like last week. Oh. Um, but my, yeah, just walking. But it was only, there was only 20 pounds in my back and we just did laps at this little uh, outdoor park. It was like a, it's like a little, I don't know, an outdoor track or whatever. Um, but my feet hurt really bad, like in those five miles. And it was only five miles, you know? And my feet hurt really bad. What do you know about foot arches and, and, and running? And um, I know. Being a, being a previous athlete of running, a, a long distance runner. Oh, God. I am in no way like an athlete. But uh, I would say a lot of it has to do with your shoes. Um, and a lot of people don't think that right away, but your shoes have everything to do with it. Um, and especially if you're known to have like high arches normally, which I do. And if you like pronate, so like if you normally walk and you usually like kind of go inwards or versus outwards, that matters when you're like trying to pick a right, the right shoe. So, uh, are you using the sh same shoes that you wore in the 50 mile rook? Yeah. Yeah. So they're probably worn out. I mean, 50 miles with 20 pounds. I mean, that's like that's like doing 50 miles times two. That's like probably doing like 100 miles because you already had weights on yourself. So if you look at the bottom of your shoe, it's probably like pretty rubbed off. I mean, but it's not for me. Okay, honestly, for me, I'll wait till like 
to like that damn shoes like <laughs> so like as like a runner like when do you know because like if i look there's still a good amount of rubber on the bottom so yeah. like i know it's it's worn but how do i know like is that too late already i mean because you're injured like because the next time you ran and you got injured that's probably a good sign so like runners usually have two pairs of shoes so one that they like do for long distance so like stuff that they would use for their rucks for your example and then one maybe for like shorter stuff like the gym walks uh, you know so like for your case the five mile one i would have probably used a different pair of shoes gotcha yeah so it's just a matter of like figuring that out like i remember our coach and i never used to do this he said um like every six months we were supposed to get new shoes but that's because mm -hmm. Every day we were doing, you know, our, the hard days we were doing 13 miles. Short days we were doing four miles. So oh. it was like constant. I mean, we weren't doing weights, but when you add weights, it's almost as if you're like doubling the mile, mileage on the shoes. Yeah, so, I've had these same. I've had these same running shoes since high school. Bro. <laughs> but but hold on. But they're Asics. Isn't Asics a good brand? Yeah. <laughs> I have Asics. <laughs> I mean, I've had them, I've had the ones I've worn for, like, a year, but I also, like, I wasn't running every day. Now I am, so, like, I think, yeah. you know, in the next six months, I'll probably just get another pair and, like, just use those, you know, every other day. So I would say, like, it's just good practice to not only, like, have a good pair of shoes, but then the exercises that you're doing with your feet. So, like, you know, um, if you're, like, on our stairs you know, flex your Achilles, you know, kind of go like that. So you're flexing your arches and your shins. Uh, okay. um, and then another trick our coach used to tell us for like shin splints, because you might even be getting shin splints. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, you've had them. So that like uh, draw out the ABCs with your foot. That's uh -huh. a good one. So you're like constantly flexing and not flexing. Um, so those are just like good preventative stuff to do. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say like, obviously I'm not like a real athlete, but that's the first thing I would think about, especially if you've had those shoes since high school, you definitely need to change those. My next pair is going to be ultras. You've heard of ultras? Ultras. Yeah, ultra. A-L-T-R-A. -A. Oh, ultra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those are good. You, yeah, because everybody from the gym uses those for rucks and stuff. Yeah, so honestly, they're not necessarily like running, running shoes. I think they're good for these rucks and like long distance, like trail. It looks like they're, yeah, they're like mm -hmm. trail shoes. But for me, like Salconis, Asics, uh, those have been like the best shoes for me. So, but, like, so the what is, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 like for me, the best thing to do is like literally going to a, um, running lab or like a running shoe place and like getting measured uh, because that's where they'll tell you about your arch support or how much do you need and your pronation and at that point like the brand doesn't matter um yeah. it's just you need to get what is good for your foot and like i have super wide feet like horrendous looking um bunions you know so <laughs> like I, I have to like get gross shoes sometimes but like it is what it is Okay, listen, you 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 need a pair of listen to me, okay? Get a pair of Crocs. <laughs> no, listen, listen, Magna, I'm not kidding. These Crocs are some of the best footwear I've ever worn. When do you wear it? 
I freaking love these. I just started. I got them a few days ago, and like I'll wear it like to the store. Anything doesn't matter. <laughs> and and I got the off-road sport ones. So if I need to wear them in harder terrains. Oh, I think I've seen these. Wait, wait, wait. Clogs off-road. Off, off-road sport clogs. Oh my god. Oh my god, dude. Okay, see, if this was, like, first of all, they're just unappealing. That's literally the only <laughs> reason why I would not. I'm looking at these. Like, bro, I'm not a duck. <laughs> I wear, um, what's it called? Oh, my God, why am I forgetting this name? The, uh, oh, like, uh, not Keens, but the. Um, Birkenstocks? No, they're like Velcro. They're like really good water shoes. Oh, water. like um, the water sandals. Um, yeah, I know which ones you're talking about. Oh my god, they're so good. Uh, why do I? So there's yeah, there's Tiva, and then there's uh, yeah, the yeah. other brand, which I really I prefer. Wait, 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 wait! Damn it! Damn it! All right. Yeah. The... Yeah, I lo- I like swear by Chacos. Those that's something that my sister has a backpacker. Like she uses those. They're just lighter yeah, weight. I have a pair. Because Crocs are just a little heavier. Yeah. Yeah, those are popular here too. But I believe you. I'm not like, you know, shitting on Crocs. They just, they're, just, they're just ugly. Honestly, though, I get that they're ugly, but they're so like, my cousin was like, I was asking my cousins, I told them, I was like, all y'all, you need to get a pair of Crocs. And then he's like, <laughs> I have a pair. And then he was like, do you, do you wear them in public? And I was like, yeah, man. Because... Honestly, like, it's, you know, living here has given me a different perspective that it doesn't matter, you know? Like, it's it's functionality over comfort, you know? If comfort. something is is functional, or no, sorry, not, it's it's uh, functionality and, and comfort over style. So it's like, it doesn't matter if you look stupid, you know, if it feels, if, if they work on your feet, if they feel good, if they're comfortable, who cares, you know? Um, yeah, I think it's so interesting. Like when we were in high school, like I don't know about you, but I didn't think about that necessarily. Oh, oh like, my I, god! When I was in high school, I always tried to look good. Yeah, <laughs> always trying to look good. It man, it mattered so much. I I think back now. I mean, just walking by the lunch tables. You know, we 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 talked about this when we met up in San Francisco. Like, I would get like palpitations like i'd like start sweating and like <laughs> feel tense walking by your guys's like popular area like lunch table oh my god <laughs> I, I literally like i'd make make sure i would i went like this you know and i was like stood up straight and i'd like walk by your lunch tables i mean you laugh but like that's definitely like something i did and it's em- sometimes embarrassing yeah. to admit but like now looking back like Oh my god, like who cares? Like and also the people that yeah. outside the lunch table, like I don't care about them at all. And they don't remember me, you know, and I don't why do I why did I think about them so much? And and I feel so much more better off, you know, now. Like Absolutely. and I don't even think it's like a comparison game, like no one's better than the other, but I but that I made it up in my mind. Like I thought that everyone that was sitting at that lunch table, you know, thought they were better than me and I need to get on their level and I wasn't at that level, and so I had to act a certain way, and even talk a certain way. You know, it was, it, it was, and, and of course, dress a certain way, like we're talking about now. So, 
you know, and I, and I obviously dressed very differently. Like I was wearing my interesting Indian jewelry and harem pants and like loosey goosey things that like, so to a certain extent, like I didn't care what people thought. I, I thought I exercised my own individual style, but then I like completely, you know, on the other hand, I did. I was, yeah. you know, like constantly thinking about, oh, okay, if I wear this, like, will people say something weird? And I mean, there was definitely, I got so many comments at school, like one person who will not be named that we both know, like they thought I wore a bathrobe to school. <laughs> this guy, he, and it's a guy, you know, you know, so if, fine. If a girl is saying something, you know, often it can be a little catty, but like if a guy says something to you, I just like completely readdressed like what I was wearing to school after that comment. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, not wearing a bathrobe to school? And I was like, oh my god! Like, no, uh -huh. you know. So it, it, it's just like these small little things they stick with you. You know, it's like what we went to high school almost ten years ago, and I still remember that. Dang. Yeah, and it's like you know, here I am trying to be this girl navigating high school where like no one really likes me. Uh, you know, physically or whatever. And so like those kinds of comments like definitely meant a lot uh, mm. because I didn't get that kind of attention really in high school. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you said you cared a lot too about kind of what, what do you think shifted? Like obviously you moved to a very different environment, but yeah. say, you did, say you were still here in Orange County, California. Like do you uh, think you still care about, you know, these kinds of things? Um... If I maybe if I never moved over here, um, you would, yeah, maybe. But I feel like if I moved back, I would not give a shit. Just because because I've learned that it doesn't no, matter, no. you know. Yeah. Um, what are your also, thoughts about? Oh wait, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Ask your question. No, no, no. I mean, like, what are your thoughts about what I said? Like, I've always wanted to, you know, you read books or like things like chicken soup, you know, for the soul. Uh -huh. All these like nerds or like people who weren't popular in high school, like they've always wanted to ask, you know, these kinds of questions. Like, what did you think? Like, obviously you would see our table, you know, you know where I sat at lunch. <clears throat> I thought that you were, um... wait, did you sit in front of the, the, the second story building? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> And it seems so menial talking about this now because I'm sure like the people at my lunch table didn't think about this, but but I did. Like I'm con I'm constantly was like thinking about what other people thought about me, and it's it's so unhealthy now that I think about it because it really was only those four years in high school, you know. And after that, it was like I can I was just became my true self, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, that's who I always was, even in high school. I just didn't really feel like I had the outlet or honestly the validation or the approval that yeah. I think I was looking for. So, like, you know, did you go through that and in your way? And, like, I'm curious. Absolutely. Like, yeah? Like, Absolutely. what? how, how? Um, okay, well, first of all, you asked me, so what I thought about you. <laughs> um, I or honestly, group, I thought. Our group. I thought that you, honest, honest to God, okay. I thought that you were the popular girl for the the nerds. Like like you y'all were the smart people and you were the popular one. Oh god. Like the girl, I swear to God, like y'all were okay, you and who you sat with, y'all were the geniuses of the school. Like I be 
these people are going to get like 1,500, 1,600 on the SATs. What is the top score for SAT? 1,600, right? At that time, it was out of 2,400. But now I think they went back to the 1,600 scale. Okay, then y'all were the ones getting, if it's 2,400, y'all were getting like 2,200, 2,300. Like, y'all were doing uh, SAT prep, IB this, all this different stuff. And I'm like, yo, I'm, intellectually, these people, I'm like, these people are way up here. And then you were the you were the fashionable popular one of the people. Up here. I swear to God, you always had the like the 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 fat. You can tell that you were the girl with the fashion sense. Wow, that's sure. nice. I always thought it was weird because I you know it wasn't like I didn't think that. I just thought it was like a weird sense of style that nobody really noticed. So that's nice. But, you know, you're, you're just as smart. Like, I think that was the weird difference that people started making. Like, I'm not naturally smart. I had to take the prep classes because I couldn't make those scores. You know? Like, that, that's really, like, what it was. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't get to that genius level. Like, I'm definitely not a genius. So, like, I had to take those classes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know how you asked that second question, um, how it changed for me? I think it was just getting out of like in high school i agree with you there was it's just this idea that so like in high school everybody has an opinion and everybody has an opinion on other people so like now if you're to go to certain people and say like hey what do you think about this guy uh he's whatever but in high school you would have something to say or somebody else would have something to say yeah and so like knowing that there's uh 300 different opinions about you that are all in such close proximity, all you can think about is how you look to those 300 opinions. And then getting out of high school, you kind of realize that it's all bullshit. Um, and it was also like when I started like reading, when I started reading books about like the ego, when I started reading books about like emotional intelligence and um, why people act the way they act. And then I also started to do more introspective thinking on why I am the way I am, I started to put myself in other people's shoes. Also, um, being woken up by like my siblings, my brother, just telling me like, hey man, you need to think about how you talk to people, you need to think about how you um, have your opinions on people, this and that. And so like that made me realize as well um, that like I was kind of stuck in this high school mindset. Mm. Because I think that there are some people who just never get out of the high school mindset ever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, if you're not able to change your environment, you know, it's hard to not be pushed to think outside of the box or outside yes. what, you know, you normally do. And I think, you know, obviously everyone deals with these kinds of ego issues at the end of the day. But now I'm trying to think, like, those weren't my problems. Like, I definitely weren't, I wasn't thinking about, I think I, 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 you know, to be honest, I think I did have a fair level of emotional intelligence and awareness, but I was focused on like a lot of other things, you know, uh -huh. you know, but that, that also ended up in my demise where I like cared so much about what people thought. So, you know, it, it's different. I, we all deal with it in, in different ways for you. Maybe it came out in that way. Whereas for me, like we were kind of in this community focused so much on like, let's get to college. This is like the gold standard. Like, Let's get to a good college. And then along the way, I almost felt like I lost 
you know, myself a little bit. Like I didn't know uh, what I was, why, why we were doing that. And yeah, I think, so I think, yeah, I think it's a good point that you bring up. Like we all have, I guess, you know, I guess it's cliche. We are going through our own journeys in high school, but, but now look at us, you know, like we didn't talk in high school, but we're connect, you know, in that, in, in that kind of way. And now we're like connecting on so many other levels. Um, yeah. And so many similarities that we've challenges that we've had to face even within high school. And if we just talked about it in high school, it would have been really cool, you know, and it's, it's something like I, I regret, like, I wish I reached out to, to different people um, and just overcame that like fear I have because we were all so similar. Like we were dealing actually with the same things just in different groups. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's also, um, I began like you're saying, everybody's got a different journey. When I realized that, like, everybody's unique, you know? Everybody has a, a, a an interesting story. And even, like, doing this podcast, like, I've talked to certain people, and, like, there are certain people who are like, I'm going to be boring. I don't know if I want to do your podcast. It's going to be dumb. I'm just like, listen, you realize that every single moment on this earth is unique. And every set of eyes sees a unique set of moments throughout their life and there is not a single person who has the same perspective on life as another single person there's there's seven billion different sets of beliefs and different sets of eyes that have seen certain things and so once I also realized that, it kind of was like very humbling. Like it doesn't matter what we have. We're all on different journeys and each one is interesting. And if somebody's rich, it doesn't make them better. It's just a different journey that they took in their life. And so that allowed me to open my mind up to being more, or excuse me, um, allowed me to open my mind up to the experiences and um, like the ideas and perspective perspectives that other people had so like like talking to you you know I'm getting a perspective on how you went through things just like you're curious on how I did yeah yeah and I think I think that was something that I really appreciated and reflected upon when I went to college like I you know, and I think not everyone has to go to college, but but having the experience of going, you know, you don't even have to go away from home, but like something where you do it for yourself, you know, and I think that's what I ended up realizing I was missing or I didn't know why I wanted to go to college until I actually like went there, you know, because I spent all this time in high school, like trying to find, oh, let's get into the best college. Let's get into this. Let's do focus on this. Like, let's, I mean, the amount of APs and IB classes that I took, oh my God, like, yeah, I don't even want to count. You know, it, it was like so much time. And then, and then IB, you have to do volunteer work. It was like, not just the regular high school volunteer hours. It was like a hundred plus hours, you know? So it was, that was also humbling because we were able to contribute to our community in like very different ways. And then, you know, it was like, why are we doing this? Yeah. And then you go to college and I'm like, oh my God, like, this is why. Like you're surrounded with, I, at least for me, I, I actually went to a women's college. 
So it was all women's. And where it was really. To, where did you go to school? It's called Smith College. Um, and it's an hour from Boston. And it, oh, it was life changing. It was really unique experience. And I just learned so much just about what it means to be a woman, you know? And I think, uh-huh. yeah, I've been, I was a woman for 18 years before I went, but I didn't really know like what that meant. What does it mean in society? You know? And the first few things I learned were about gender fluidity, sexual fluidity, you know, and they, them pronouns. It was like all of these, you know, these terms that, that we didn't really circulate and talk about in, in high school. Um, uh-huh. And then I was completely exposed to this like whole new world that, I, and the reason why I chose go to go there because our whole lives are, are co-ed, you know, me and you are yeah. talking, it's always going to be co-ed our whole lives. But those four years, and that's ultimately why I decided to pull the trigger. Like my, I was talking to my cousin who also went to women's college. She was like, dude, four years of your life. You're not going to remember this. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you're so right. And it was like four amazing years. Like, because of that, you know, I, I have these best friends from all over the world. And I have trans friends. I have gay friends. I have, you know, bi friends. It's like really cool to have that kind of diverse exposure. Yeah. And not a lot of people, you know, can say that they have had that. And, and it just allows me to have like a different perspective on when I'm in the room often now in my job where all, everyone is a man everyone is like a white man and I'm the only woman and then I'm, you add another layer of women of color right so it's like in 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 certain instances I noticed that my other female counterparts they definitely act differently whereas me like I'm not so afraid to speak up you know I'm not so afraid to maybe be that passionate person but then there's also a fine line that I have to tread like I the other day somebody called me intense uh and I was like oh god it's like is that a bad thing and you know it's it's like something I have to figure out on my own like okay is that aggressive like that's bad so it's it's figuring out the balance and I think that's what Smith helped me with is capturing my voice yeah I didn't have it I don't think I had it in high school um, and I could have not, I could have gotten that not at Smith. It could have happened anywhere else. But I think mm-hmm. I attribute a lot of my, my self-confidence and who I am as a person, you know, because of those experiences that I was, I was exposed to. That's fascinating. So what's up? Did you see some girl on girl action over there? Or what? You, you <laughs> yeah, part honestly, of that was the first question that when I came <laughs> back to, you know, Placentia that I was asked, you know, I was like, oh, what <laughs> are you lesbian now, Magna? You know? Uh, and it, I thought that was so, such an interesting question because, like, I guess people didn't realize, like, not everyone was like that. You know, it was, they, they just chose that environment for the same reason, to be safe. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. No, and, like, all kidding. jokes aside, all jokes aside, like, yeah, of course, like, definitely. It was a really cool social dynamic because often the queer people, they were, like, at the top of the social ladder at Smith. So, like, if you weren't queer, if you weren't queer, you were almost shamed, you know? And really? Yeah, like, I mean, not always, but I think there were definitely times where some of the straight people were shamed uh, for being straight. Yeah, it was really, really fascinating. It was like the world turned upside down when you went there. Um, So we were, it's called the Smith bubble. So um, that, you know, that was definitely a thing. And then there was also so many, like, slogans that I learned, like, Slug, 
which means uh-huh. or a lug, which means like Smith lesbian until graduation. So there were like uh-huh. a lot of people, you know, that experimented and had their own uh-huh. kind of because they felt safe. They felt like they could do it, even though maybe uh-huh. when they were growing up in high school or elementary school, maybe they didn't think about that. But when they went to Smith, it was like suddenly people liked you. You were beautiful. Uh-huh. You were different uh, they wanted to learn about you you know and I, you know i can't that definitely was was something i was new for me you know and and yeah it was really it was really great experience because of that and i think that's uh, why we talk about it and it gives me a really cool platform to talk about now that you have this podcast i mean who's listening who, like, who do i know is listening but i think it's cool because <laughs> you know what i mean like my friends or my my network like i don't talk about this stuff normally so it's cool that that's what podcasts have been able to do for people, you know, like share this kind of stuff that they won't normally talk about unless but they're asked. But what's interesting is this is, I mean, obviously the podcast is cool and all, but this is for me something that I would ask you regardless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I just, I love to ask those questions that it's like, how did it change your perspective on this? Or, you know? But you're and not everyone. I, Oh, well, thank you very much. No, but I mean, I really mean that. Like you, 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 I think I went, and even I had to experience this a lot in college where I'd go for many friendships, you know, and, and many, many, uh, high, especially in high school, you know, where I would, I would ask the questions. I would mm-hmm. be inquisitive. I wanted to learn about somebody, but I didn't necessarily get the reciprocation back. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's to the fault of the other person. I think I could have also just done a better job of articulating what I wanted in a friendship. You know, and I think it's a two-way yeah. street. And I, I would just get frustrated. Like, why don't you, why aren't you interested in me? Why aren't you asking about me? Yeah. Right? Like, it, it's not necessarily always that. It's, it's also like, okay, but you have to learn how to create agency for yourself. Like, speak up. Like, what do you want out yeah. of this friendship? And I think it yeah. took me a really long time to learn that. I just kind of expected people to, to be a certain caliber. And I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm a twin. I, I, uh, I learned much later on in life where I would just compare everybody to my twins relationship, you know, because she and I are so close. She, she reciprocates in the way that I need her to. She, she picks up on things without having me ask. That's not a friend. Like, the, no friend is going to be like that, you know? Yeah. So, so I think there was a lot of learning on my part and something I was almost unfair to my friends in college where I expected them to be that way. But it's like, who am I to say? Like, that's not true, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So I think while it, it is a podcast, gives a platform, but I think you're not. This is not normal. Not a lot of people want to dig that just layer deeper, like you are. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think you're a perfect candidate to to have these conversations with. And the reason I, I believe that I would love to do more podcasts in the future. I would love to just have these just these catch up <laughs> conversations. You know, for me, these are interesting. These are entertaining for me i would rather sit and have a conversation about what you've uh, experienced in life than watch a show on netflix you know (laughs) and so i think you're a perfect candidate in the sense that you grew up in orange county so you grew up already in a a place where it was so diverse you know you had so many different people of immigrant backgrounds you had so many first generation are you, you a first generation american Yes, yeah, so, so my both, parents immigrated here, yeah. Yeah, so both my parents immigrated here too. Exactly. Um, and so like being in Southern California, you already get that. Plus you left to college and you lived on the East Coast. 
So you got the East Coast vibe of uh, an experience. And you went to an all-girls college. So then you even got a new experience. And now you're living in San Francisco and you work for a tech company. So it's like you've you've already lived uh, a lot of lives, you know? Interesting, interesting lives. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, I'm lucky. I think that's the biggest thing that I can you can take from that. It's like when you say it like that, it sounds really awesome. But like each of those years were really tough you know and I dealt with a lot of things I wasn't always happy like and I still struggle with you know depression anxiety much less now but yeah I mean it sounds really awesome but I think yeah I'm very privileged to have had that kind of exposure and my parents helping me with college you know of course I wasn't wouldn't, wouldn't be able to go if I didn't have a scholarship you know like money is definitely it's taboo. We don't talk about it, you know, and like, it's something I want to address because I, if I didn't have my parents helping me for college, I wouldn't have had that experience, you know, even though I went, even, even, even though I got a scholarship, like I still needed help from them. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something I think about a lot. It's very humbling and, you know, why I started to look into finance right after school and, and then now tech because I wanted to make sure I could financially support and give back to my parents, uh, you know, and, know. and, you know, as an immigrant mindset, I'm sure you feel the same way, or I'm, I'm curious if you feel that way, but often talking to my other friends, you know, that's, it's, I'm only, you know, it's, it's something we think about giving back to our parents and paying homage to them. I, it's, it used to give me a lot of stress, but now, I mean, now it's now living with them and, and thinking about their, you know, daily qualms. It's, it's just a way of part of life. This is like the immigrant life. And, and they thought about it when they moved to this country, you know, they that they was constantly a part of their minds. Like, how much am I going to give back? How much do I send back? You know, how, how long can I talk to my, my dad? It's a collect call, you know, it's going to be a, a dollar a minute, you know, they had a very yeah. different problems to think about. Whereas I have the privilege to not necessarily think about that all the time. You know, and and about other things, but yeah, I think. Do you think about that at all, or? Um, I, I think about wanting to make my parents proud rather than. I think my parents have come and done well enough to where. There's not much that I can give, like. Yeah. You know, to help them, I would have to be. Buying them, there's not much that I can buy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they've what done well enough to them? say that again. Yeah, like what? What else are we gonna give them that they might not already yeah. have? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've been lucky enough in that sense, but there's definitely the sense of I want to make you proud and get to your level of success as fast, if not faster than you. That's what would make them proud. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Um, not really um, needing to like support them. Um, they've done a great job supporting like me and giving me the opportunity to chase whatever I wanted to chase. Um, but definitely, if I'm going to take the advantage of their opportunity, what would make them happy is if I took advantage and made something out of it, you know? So that's, that's that the big that? thing. Um, I feel like I am on the track to do it. I think that the journey is not going to be over for a long time um, because my idea is to build generational wealth. Um, And so that's going to take a long time to get there. But it doesn't, 
it doesn't discourage me that I'm not there yet. You know, the way I see it, I think a lot of, I think a lot of, um, okay, I think like the way a lot of immigrant parents, and I'm sure that you've dealt with this, but just maybe parents in general, they push their kids to expect to have, by the time you're out of college, you should have a full-time job. Yeah. And if you're not, you're a lazy, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, but, yeah, fucking... there's definitely, like, expectations around also, like, oh, in order to have a full-time job, that means you're successful. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's also, like, mm-hmm. challenging those levels where it wasn't, it's not like that anymore. You know, 20 years ago, maybe that's what it was. But now, yeah. I think success looks so different. Yes. Um, and I think it's, like, I, like, what, people graduated college 21, 22, so we're like four years removed, maybe three or four years removed from that. Um, and people are already expected to know what they want to do for the next 40 years. So you're one-tenth of the way, but you're already expected. Like, that just, it, it blows my mind. Um, and so I'm kind of like, I'm on my path, and I feel like I'm learning, and I am uh, growing and improving. And so as long as I continue to do that, um, the, the success that I am striving for will um, basically come full. It'll, it'll, all the pieces will come together um, as long as I just c- continue to do what I need to do. Um, and I think being somebody who's an entrepreneur, the um, the whole like income curve is very exponential. So like you learn, 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 eat shit, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. And then on year five, you do really well, you know, mm-hmm. whereas like, it's like, do you want to wait five years and be hassled by people about, oh, what are you doing? And then understanding that if you're on your path, allow yourself to go through the stages of that path where people are like, what sounds better? You know, I, I, I ate shit and I had to explain to people that I'm not or I'm working on something for five years and then blowing up or in year one, you're like, yeah, I have a $40,000 paying, uh, paying job. And they're like, oh, that's great. In year two, you're like, yeah, I make 40. In year three, you're like, yeah, I make 50. And then by year seven or eight, you're like, yeah, I make 60. You haven't gone up much. You know what I mean? And so I think um, being a self-learner, being somebody who's willing to teach themselves how to make money, um, which is the path that I'm on, mm-hmm. I think it will pay dividends in the long run. Definitely. So that's yes. So when you're talking about um, when you're talking about like making my parents proud and stuff, I think that would be it. Would be finding a way to make money on my own and being a a, a an entrepreneur, a savvy entrepreneur like like they are. Um, there's a documentary that is coming out about my sisters. So my sister is my half sister. We have the same mom but different dads, and um, their grandpa. My sister's grandpa is is his name is Ted Nagoy, and he was considered the donut king of like Southern California or California. My so God, he I came he came from Cambodia, um, and then he landed in I, I I don't remember if the first place was Southern California, but he eventually made his way to Southern California, and he owned a ton of donut shops. And what he would do is he would sponsor families from Cambodia and um, he would have them immigrate here through his sponsorship. 
and then he would have them run his donut shop and that would be their job and their way to make money and then what he would do is when they learned how to run the donut shop well enough he would sell the donut shops to them um, so like he made a huge at one point he was worth i think it was like in the 90s or maybe late 80s he was worth like 20 million dollars and then he lost it all to gambling he would he to get quick money he would sell his donut shops like he would sell his donut shops for like fifty thousand dollars cash and then he would go gamble it because he was so addicted to gambling oh my god that's so tough but i think i I think that that entrepreneurial thing is just in my blood yeah i guess i guess that's what i was what i was circling around to is i think that's part of the reason why i want to too, bro (laughs) gambling too (laughs) i know that's true okay so i was gonna ask you okay so and this is the deep question okay so earlier you had said you know you deal with your you're like yeah i deal with my um my little times of depression and anxiety um do you think you deal okay this is the reason i ask this is because sometimes i think these terms are overused Mm -hmm. in a sense that um that people go through like stretches of sadness or stretch little stretches of anxiousness and like you're saying like i deal with my little times of depression and anxiety but do you think you would consider it depression and anxiety or do you think that is just a classification and you are just dealing with minor times of where you're anxious like for me right i get anxious or sometimes i get sad but i wouldn't consider it depression Mm. and anxiety so so like what type of level are you talking about to where you classify it that yeah that's a really good question i wish more people kind of talked about it i think i think there's a spectrum right like similar to sexuality and and all that there's there's a spectrum so i think when somebody says it, it's important to always validate them. Like, okay, how, how, what are ways I can do to help you and support you regardless of their spectrum. But I think, you know, being careful around, you know, what, like, you know, and if they do share, uh, which obviously I'm, I'm very open to sharing, um, but not everyone is. So, um, for me, uh, you know, person, everyone's going to have their own journey with this, but it's definitely something I sought out a therapist for because I thought uh, something was wrong with me. Uh, and I was, and it's, and I think often depression uh, gets the wrap around, oh, you're always sad. Um, it, it's not necessarily the case. I think it's, it's lots, it's kind of levels of deep sadness and then, and then not being able to, to kind of control that. Maybe you're very happy for, for a few days, but then you go back into, a depression so it's not necessarily always like okay you're depressed for like a month you know so there's various levels and I think for me it was definitely something that triggered in college um and I would I would just like I couldn't get out of bed like I, I didn't know how to get up and uh do my my regular studies and then I would get really anxious to the point where I get nauseous so, and that's where I knew, okay, this is anxiety where like, I, I couldn't like take a test. Like I would throw up almost every, every, before a test, every time, like I'd get like test anxiety and like, this never happened to me in high school. So I knew that there was 
a clear difference between like what was before and like what I was experiencing now. So that's kind of like step one in understanding, okay, you're feeling something different. And that's kind of where I knew, okay, maybe I should talk to somebody that's not my sister or not my parents, because that's why it's really important to seek a ther therapist or somebody that's third party, you know, not a friend yeah. who you're just like talking to. They don't need to respond. And I think that's ultimately what people need. They just need a nod. They just need like a validation. And the way I see it is like, if you're taking care of your body physically, you know, going to the gym, you're going to the doctor for checkups, you got to take care of your mind. And that's a therapist. And I see that see it as like a basic human need that everyone needs, regardless of whether you're like dealing with an issue or not. Like you don't need to have depression or anxiety to see a therapist. And so I think that's kind of the way I look at it. And because I did deal with, you know, some of these feelings in college, um, I, I saw the benefit of going to a therapist and kind of what happened outside of that. And I was like, oh my God, everyone should do this. No, and I, and I think for me specifically, it also very candidly led to like self-harm moments where I thought that I had to feel a certain way, you know, to almost like be released or like feel like I mattered in the world. And I think that's what a lot of people end up, you know, coming to a conclusion around, you know, or, you know, it's obviously very different for everyone, but I think for me, that's when I realized, okay, I'm like in some type of funk um, uh, that yeah. I can't get out of. You know, I, I was just no no energy. You know, people were like, are you okay, Magna? Like, you're usually happy-go-lucky. And I was just like annoyed. I was annoyed that people expected me to be happy all the time. And, you know, and it was just uh, frustrating. It was just really frustrating because I was like, I'm not happy. Like, don't expect that from me. Like, I, I have bad uh, days. And it was like a combination of that frustration plus some things that happened in my family and you know, me thinking I didn't maybe fit in in this very prestigious school like Smith, you know, and, you know, there's there's a lot of issues. And then this like, anxious thing with test taking, like, I didn't get where this was coming from. And, you know, there were some other issues that happened. So I think it was a combination of, of stuff that was happening in my family, plus my personal life. And then I was also exploring my own identity um, at school, where I didn't necessarily know how to talk about it with my parents or my sister okay. um you know so it's anytime you you change your environment you change your your system there's always going to be a level of adjustment period and i think mm -hmm. those that deal with these sort of mental health issues that adjustment period is different or maybe it's tougher maybe it's longer maybe it's something they can't explain you know and i think it's up to them to decide how, how they want to describe it you know is it depression is it anxiety but I think ultimately go to a therapist everyone should go to a therapist you know they'll, they'll tell you they'll tell you what, what you're going through but I think um yeah I mean you're right those words are used a lot um but I think it's a spectrum and so it's about how how you treat those people and obviously yeah, sure. with respect because they're, they're going through something interesting um <clears throat> hold on Sorry. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I know I agree with you. You know, I, I the idea that the mind is something that also needs health, and it also needs to be you know worked on or or um, 
like with the body, right? You want to keep it up tip top, tip top magoo. You know, you eat good food, and and so I think the mind is another thing that needs to be sometimes opened up and cleaned out. I think that's yeah. Huge. And I, I know in high school, I had a I had a really good friend that was dealing with this, and I didn't I didn't know how to help her, and I also didn't know the severity of what she what she was going through mm. until I started going through it. Uh, you know, and so I think it's really hard. And I, it's like something I think about all the time. Like I'm very, feel very guilty about how I treated the whole thing and we don't necessarily talk anymore. And maybe it was because how I handled that situation. Uh -huh. you know? and I, so I think I'm very sad about it, but, but I think I'm, I hope that like this story, you know, I, I'm definitely confident to talk about this, you know, out loud, but not everyone is. Mm -hmm. So I hope that like, you know, those who want to work on their mental health, just like you said, just like you want to work on your physical health, you should work on our mental health. You know, it doesn't have to be by going to a therapist. Also, it could just be like meditation or just reflection, yeah. mm -hmm. just talking, you know, getting in your head and just like thinking to yourself. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, um, I think something that's helped me is to hold on. Let me let Zeke in. Dang, this podcast. Dang it. Hold on. <laughs> I should probably go soon. Okay, hold on. Uh, I was just going to say, I think it's like um, something that helped me learn about my own mental, um, you know, uh, capacity, but also understanding what I'm going through was just like reading, right? So like reading, mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, all this stuff. Um, and just reading about like the ego and, and when we're angry, what we're feeling, that has helped me keep myself in check. And also, um, just being open to talk to friends about it. I'm not I'm not very I'm not somebody who's very um, like I don't keep things to myself. So I'll I'm not scared to tell my friends what I'm feeling. You know, mm. whereas I think some people might be afraid of that. I think it's just the understanding that if you have good friends. It doesn't matter what you tell them. They're not going to judge you for it. But I think some people feel like they're trapped because they'll feel judged by their friends and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, not everyone, and not everyone's so open like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. My dad just got home. But um, I think oh, we're no, ending there. Yeah, I'm glad that we got to chat. Thanks, Thank Julie. you. Thank you for, for coming on. Um we need to do another. We should do it more often. Yeah, let's do it. I would love to see what your feedback is about what I had to say. Obviously, you know, I know you said everyone's story is different, but just, you know, I don't, you know, not everyone wants to listen to it. So I think I'm, I'm curious what, what you have to say after you, uh, you know, splice it up. And uh, I'm not you know. going to. That's it. This is it. <laughs> This is, uh, this is un unedited. Un unadulterated, unedited. <laughs> yeah, no editing. That's this is. I think this is the beautiful thing about it is that we are – see, like, okay, when things are edited and, and, and there's, like, a certain agenda, you don't get to see who people really are. You get to see who they're playing towards mm -hmm. that agenda or towards um, – you know, you get to see the character that they're playing. And so, like, for these – even even – Telling people this is a podcast makes them mentally. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. I was thinking about it on my run, like, what the heck do I say? But I didn't. But then I thought, okay, I know Julian. Like, it's just gonna be a normal conversation. So and I don't has know. it felt? Yeah. Has it felt pretty normal? Very normal. Like, I can't wait to do it again. And you know, just thanks for 
for being open to to listening to my story and i hope and i definitely learned from you so i think it's yeah. a two-way two street so yeah heck yeah all right cool well I'll let you know. We'll do another one. We'll talk about COVID-19. We'll talk about the virus. Talk about conspiracy theories. Let's do it. <laughs> I have a lot to say about COVID. <laughs> All right. We'll get together again soon. Bye, Julian. Okay, Thanks for having me. Okay, bye.